welcome to the Fit Do Talk podcast. Oi, oi, Samaloy, what a banger. <laughs> or as Stefan wrote in the script, a bang, bang, banger to start us off. We don't have a script, it's all improvised. No script. <laughs> we are Stefan and Bobby, and we provide you with meaningful, helpful, and accurate information that's easier to digest. And just to remind you that fitness doesn't have to be boring. Yes, and I'm really excited <laughs> about today's That was guest. creepy. Yes, <laughs> creepy indeed. Bobby, would you care to do a classy introduction for I her? only do the classiest of introductions. Um, so our guest today is an incredible vocalist, having worked extensively as a session singer with artists such as Eric Clapton, Elton John, and my personal favourite, Huey Lewis. Oh, I love you. Her voice can also be heard on massive films such as Mary Poppins Returns, Cinderella, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, and Cats. Mm. That's right. Yeah. Mm. As a musical theatre performer, she's appeared in School of Rock, Into the Woods, Wizard of Oz, and many, many others. She's a sarcastic belter, apparently. <laughs> it's Laura Taylor. Hey, Laura, hi. Oh, hello there. <laughs> what an intro. Yeah, just, you know, just to tell people, uh, uh, Bobby didn't call you a sarcastic belter from my description of you. No, of course not. That is my <laughs> yes. Instagram. Yeah, yeah, it's your Instagram handle. It's fine. <laughs> yes. I brought it on myself. But uh, <laughs> that was the most dry, <laughs> like, I brought it on myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, it turns out yes. you're right. Yeah. Yes. Correct. <laughs> so uh, I know you've actually listened to the show, but. I have, yes. Um, in preparation. In prep, yes. In terror. Yeah. <laughs> Who is? Uh, Great choice. So before we start talking about you and your illustrious life and career, mm. uh, we have a task for you. Yes. I, yes. I thought you were going to ask for a review there. Yeah. <laughs> before we start, before we start, could you tell Can us? we have some notes, please? Tell us what was your favourite episode? <laughs> tell us what we could do better. Yeah. <laughs> and see how the rest of this interview goes. <laughs> so, Great. Uh, should you be willing to accept our challenge, yes. uh, it's part of our podcast we call Liar Liar Pants on Fire. And uh, during the opening section, i.e. up until we get to uh, sort of 18, 21 age, if you trained that age, we would like you to tell us a lie. One single lie. Slip that lie in into this normal conversation we're going to have, as normal as this is already. Yeah, so oh, very God. Um, and then at a certain point, I'll ask you if you've managed to slip that lie in previously. Yep. We will have a chance to guess, as will the listeners at home, and uh, we keep a tally of how we're doing. Yes, we do. Now, we've had many episodes in which neither of us have been able to guess or our guests have forgotten to lie. Mm. <laughs> that seems to be the running theme at the yeah, moment. I think it's happened three times. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but the score, which I can't let go of, it's 4-2 to me at the moment. Oh. Yeah, it's devastating. Uh, which is surprising, <laughs> actually. But uh, I'm really happy about that. So if you could just make it really obvious to me yes. what the lie is and really hard for Bobby to guess. <laughs> Got it. That Got would it. be cool. excellent. Nice. Yeah. That's, that's tricky. Trying yeah. to really tailor that lie just for tailor you. The lie. Tailor the lie. Tailor the lie. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, I've played the prince in Into the Woods. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for, for people listening to this, uh, which is everyone, um, <laughs> uh, Laura did seductively wink at me during that uh, last thing. And it's difficult for me to calm down. Mm. It was seductive. I, you know. I feel like I should leave the room. I need a moment. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is. <laughs> anyway, maybe there's never been a more appropriate time for this sound. <laughs> Before this podcast started, we told Laura about this sound effect that Bobby had discovered last week and how horrific it is. Um, I that, think there's going to be so many opportunities uh, to use it. it. I think it's going it's to be a suitable feature. For, suitable for everything, really. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe we should just warn people that if you don't want to listen to that sound effect at least five times, yeah. this isn't the episode for you. Just read a read a description of it <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah. and follow Laura on read Instagram. The we'll go from there. Otherwise, get ready for some random sound effects. Uh, how do you feel about that lie? 
Um, I feel extremely nervous. I find it very difficult to lie, which is great as an actress, obviously. <laughs> yes, that is <laughs> that's intriguing. Um, yeah, it's the only thing I've been nervous about leading up to this. Um, oh, so I've practiced. Yeah. You've practiced. It's been on my mind, practiced. I must say. I practice in the shower. I was weird. I uh, <laughs> just because <laughs> because you knew you knew that you, that would feel similar to this. Yeah, or? Yeah. Just an enclosed space. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> an enclosed space. You yeah. just feel vulnerable. Okay. Let's move on from that. Yeah. We'll come back to it. Mm. Um, so, Laura, tell us how does the story of your life begin? Well. I'm from the Midlands. Right. That nondescript <laughs> okay. area. Oh and that the, the middle all. bit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, so I'm from, technically I lived uh, in Melton Mowbray uh, for the first six the months of my life. pie place? The pork pie place. Mm. Delicious. Not for me, obviously, now as a vegan. My grandma's livid. Um, but yeah, Does so she make them? Does she, she doesn't, but they have, They, you know, people really love them in Melton Mowbray. And also yeah. the home of Stilton Cheese. Oh. And oh. one of the cheese factories is called Tuxford and Tebbet. Oh. It is not I. Oh my God. Can you help us it find? It is the home of Tebbet. Can you help us find who that Tebbet is? <laughs> the original Tebbet, if you're listening to yeah. this. <laughs> Cheese Tebbet. Mail in. <laughs> write, mail in. Write us a letter. <laughs> write us a letter. It's free post. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ideally with some coupons for some more of your stuff. What do they make? Cheese. Oh, they make yeah. the Stilton cheese. Cheese, yeah. So, Tebbet and Tuxford. Tuxford and Tebbet. Tuxford and Tebbet. Are you Tuxford or Tebbet? Missing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, Melton Mowbray. Right. Then I moved to a place called Bitterswell. Uh, for nine years, and then I settled in Wimeswold. Some great names. Thanks, guys. Do, do you only live in places with preposterous names? Yeah. It's like a requirement of the place. Yeah, exactly. Exactly that. And I remember when I was seven, people would be like, oh, where, specifically when I was seven. <laughs> and only. Where do you live? Uh, no, how old are you? And I'd say, I'm seven and a bit as well. <laughs> Guys, puns, puns from came, young age. That came with another yeah. wink. Uh, we just had there. Okay. This podcast is done. That, that wasn't a lie. I'm, I'm sorry to say. That I'm was, seven that's and true. a bit as well. That's sad you can't use that joke anymore because no, people will be like, what are you talking what? about? Literally, you're not seven and you yeah. don't live in Bitterswell. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, guys, I used to live in this place. <laughs> yeah. See, that's funny because. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of pre ramble <laughs> to the gag. Yeah. Um, Set up, if you will. Yeah. You and I will. Uh, so yes, then I moved to Wimeswold and then I lived there until I went to university. So in terms of growing up and being around music, seeing as that would be something that I should be talking about on this podcast, um, I am from a really, really musical family. So my dad, my mum, my sister, my brother, all in the Amdram, my grandma, in the Amdram. My auntie Roz played the cello in the pit. My auntie Sue played the violin in the pit. Um, I feel like these women are legendary women. You know, when you said yeah. my auntie Roz and my auntie Sue, it was like that everybody knows these yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The legends of Amdram. Auntie Sue and auntie Roz. Ex exactly. And also, you know this, but our family email was von Tebbets at AOL.com. <laughs> 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 we that family. The, the, I feel it's hard to judge this because you're you're. I, I really only know you and your brother. Yeah, but you're both exceptionally talented, <laughs> so you sort of get away with it because it was. Uh, yeah, it was a lot. Like 
a couple of examples of being in the Andram as a family. We did Best Little Whole House in Texas. Do you know that one? Mm-hmm. It's a yes. classic. Yes. Um, and my grandma was the old whore. <laughs> my mum was the owner of the whorehouse. Naturally, wow. Sandra. And then <laughs> what did you do? I was the maid. Oh, no, oh. I didn't have any sort of um, whorish activity. activities. You just got to watch your grandma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I've turned out like this. Um, so, yeah. And then you'll also know that I almost got cast opposite my dad. I've told you that story before. No. Guys. Oh, what? In what? Police. Um, <laughs> Who in, was doing the casting? I know, literally. Well, actually, the, the circumstance makes it not sound quite as weird, but we were doing Oklahoma and Amdram, and I got cast as Laurie. Yeah. Yes. Uh, they cast that first and I was doing my GCSEs at the time and I decided that it was too much. I couldn't take it on. Do you know what I mean? The responsibility mm. of the role, mm-hmm. those six months of rehearsals, Tuesdays and Thursdays and Sundays sometimes. Um, and then after that, my dad got cast as Curly. Yes. So actually I'd already turned down the role, mm-hmm. but obviously in Amdram, Sometimes the leading men are 65 to 70. Yes. I think that's a recurring theme, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. It's quite tricky to get the men. My dad's only just gone into the casting bracket of sort of more of the patter songs. Do you know what I mean? He's he's 74. That's like 82, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He's been the kind of leading man up until he got his bus pass and then it was kind of time to rein it in. So now he's uh, playing the older roles. My dad, who has never done Amdrad, but he would... He would love it if he uh, uh, let himself. Um, uh, he, <laughs> if he let himself. Yeah, he's, he's one of those people, like, he's, he's an opera singer, yeah. you know, and he he, uh, he would love to be doing those shows just to just to express himself more, I think. And um, he, I tried to get him to do a patter song once, and he, was, he just sort of turned about 55, and he was like, I can't learn this. <laughs> He's no. like, I'm too old to learn something new. And then you watch Amdram and these people that obviously quite a lot of them are much older and they've learned these preposterously complicated songs. Yeah. And I'm like, ha, without having it written on their hands, which is what no. you sort of picture mm-hmm. sometimes. And it's amazing. They've had six to eight months of rehearsals, which does <laughs> help. That is yes. true. And also, yeah. like, for example, my dad's been in all of the Gilbert and Sullivan shows for his entire life. So I think it's probably, even though he's been there. playing the leads and then now he's moved to the older roles, it's probably sort of, he, he, he knows them. They're embedded just from listening over the years. So you're sort of a legendary family in, in Melton Mowbray. In the East Midlands. Well. Yeah, big yeah. time. The, big east of, time. the east of nowhere. Yeah, the east, the east of the middle. <laughs> the Midlands. Yeah. It's just a non-descript area. You can't describe an area as the middle of elsewhere. Like, yes, you like can. People say I'm from the south or I'm from the north. So yes, I'm but that's because it's an end point. <laughs> sure, 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 sure. Where but, does the Midlands end? Do you mean like, it's like, so like where does the south end? Like, yeah. Well, the, the south, south end. ends. The south <laughs> end. <laughs> where do you think it? It ends when the land ends. That's yeah. What yeah, but that seems quite extreme to be for south to be such a big area. Yeah, it's. it's I feel like having a Midlands makes sense. Yes, but uh, yes, I feel like there should be more context to the Midlands. There the, should the, be defined lines. Yes. If you're describing, Maybe walls. If you're describing the north and the south as north and south, there should be north and south of something of note. The Midlands. Yeah, the Midlands. But the Midlands, <laughs> but my point is, there's not really much of note yes. in the Midlands. What do you mean? <laughs> Other than Melton Mowbray. Melton Mowbray. How dare you? And Bitterswell. <laughs> yes, thank and, you. Uh, and uh, obviously Tuxford and Tebbit. Yes. <laughs> who uh, are, are still We're missing. Still waiting for. To this day. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so what was school like? Uh, it was basically me trying to skive all my lessons to go to the music block. Uh, so, so 
my best friend, Sejal, who you know, we were at school together and we still uh, are best friends now and we are currently living together because I am homeless. Um, and... <laughs> We don't normally laugh at homelessness, <laughs> uh, we should, we should add, but today we do. <laughs> yeah. now, apparently it's funny. Yeah. It was the delivery. Was we, the delivery. Um, <laughs> we were unbearable at school in terms of we would sing in assemblies. You know, you'd sing at like teachers' assembly or leavers' assemblies or teachers' school lunches or all of that. And we would just, I remember once, so bearing in mind, this is kind of Leicestershire and we're in a in our high school assembly and Mr. Rag, our music teacher, who's an absolute legend, would be like, okay, ladies and gentlemen, and now to close this show, to close the assembly, sorry, <laughs> the show. we have well, <laughs> we have Laura singing Meadowlark. Oh, oh. Seven, seven minutes. Oh. Can it, like just on the front row, there's just like 15 year old boys like caps on. And I'm like, when I was a girl, I had a favourite story. Do you know what I mean? And then and now a selection from Songs for a New World. <laughs> just just unbearable, but absolutely loved it. I really want. Mr. Rag to have his own podcast called Ragtime. I just want to. Oh, oh my god! Should. Like, oh my if he god. doesn't already do that, then he should. Do you it's know? A I, gift, I saw Rag. him recently. So obviously, I've not been at school for many years. Um, but se- so I was in School of Rock, and Sedge, who was also in my music class, was in. Everybody's talking about Jamie, and he came down and he watched both shows in a day. Oh, I love oh, that. Oh, so love good, that. isn't it? Like that. After all these years, as well, we were we were in the West End at the same time, and he could yeah. come down and watch them both. It was really nice. It's such a lovely moment when that comes like full circle. Mm. And those those people that influenced you in such a positive way, like that sounds like that teacher really cultivated your talent. You know, gave you lots of opportunities to to sort of do that in front of people and go, hey, you might want to do. Yeah, that. and he was just so invested and interested in what we were doing because yeah. a lot of the stuff we were doing was not niche, but we weren't giving it my fair lady. Do you know what I mean? Mm. We were giving it last five years, and at the time that was new. <laughs> it's yeah. not now, um, but he was he was just so kind and, and interested in what we were doing and allowed us to miss a number of science and maths lessons to be be there cultivating our talent. <laughs> Did the maths and science teachers know this? <laughs> they do now. <laughs> They're all listening. Yeah. Um, so at that age, obviously you mentioned that you're vegan now, but I'm now chatting about your childhood. What was your food habits, like what were your food habits like when you were younger in that family with three kids and a Amdram busy schedule? Yeah, I was thinking about this actually, and I have a terrible memory generally, but I do remember we were always busy. So because mum and dad were also doing Amdram and, you know, we, we all had different hobbies and we were doing dancing and Sophie was doing gymnastics and, you know, George was doing cricket and dad was part of that. And, uh, it was, I just remember it being very, there weren't many times where we sat down for food as a family. Um, it was very much, my mum would always cook for us, you know, and they were nutritious meals. Um, but we rarely ate at the same time because we were rarely in at the same time. So it would be getting home from dancing, mum's at rehearsal or whatever. And then we're just warming up our sausage and mash, um, you know, after that or whatever. So in terms of, Family meal times, there weren't so many um, because everybody was just so busy all the time. Mm -hmm. But I didn't miss it. It wasn't like, oh, God, I wish we could sit down for it. You just, you just, you know what you know, don't you? Um, So, yeah. And then I remember maybe on Sundays, my dad would make a fry up. Like he wasn't big into cooking. Um, My mum would do all the cooking. Um, 
but yeah, she would do it and then leave it out and then we'd come home and warm it up and yeah. Yeah. That sounds quite, quite nice. <laughs> yeah. I'd like that. I'd quite like that myself. I might hire someone. <laughs> Is she available, your mum? Yeah. <laughs> I know she's busy running her whorehouse. Yes, but, uh, she is. <laughs> she's got time. She is. Yes. <laughs> she is. She still is. <laughs> oh my God. Have I met your mum? Uh, I would have <clears> thought so. She came to see Into the Woods. Goodness me. Yeah. Awesome. And my grandma came to see it actually. Did you she? met the two whores. <laughs> I'm so sorry if you're listening to this. I have the utmost respect for you and your daughter. <laughs> but, uh, lol. Um, okay, so you mentioned avoiding maths and science. Yes. What was PE like in school? Um, looking back, I didn't like it Um I <laughs> sorry, can we just that was looking back, I didn't like it. <laughs> I didn't like it. It was a me like I had to do it. Um but I didn't like running. Like I was quite a fast sprinter and I enjoyed that. I remember at primary school I was fast, but I hated long distance. I actually remember so there was only sixty kids in my primary school, ten in year six, six girls, and they had, there was like four of them that enjoyed running and they did, we had like a cross country competition sort of um, with other schools in the area and one of them couldn't make it. So I had to go in their place to do this cross country and I was absolutely livid. But they, <laughs> they'd done so well in the lead up to it that we came something like second overall. And so I got a medal, but I literally came 66th. <laughs> and I was like, guys, out of second place. 66, I believe. Stunning. <laughs> but yeah, I hate that and I didn't mind sport when I was growing up I was we went to dancing so I did a lot of dancing which I really really enjoyed um and then I did netball when I was at, um, at high school which I enjoyed but I ish I mean I didn't have any interest in in it I was wing defense and I'd get to a, a game opposite another school and I'd just be like sorry where are we allowed to go? Yeah. <laughs> like I just, do you know what I mean? Like asking the wing attack from the other school. Yeah. I just had just no interest. To be fair, I find netball quite confusing. Oh yeah, like, I haven't got a clue what's going on. The zones and... and I feel like wing defence just kind of just, I don't know. Well, I certainly just held back. Yeah. <laughs> I just let everybody else who was really interested in it have a go. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it wasn't for me. Distract them with song. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and go through. I was like, do you like musicals? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you free next week? I'm playing opposite my dad. Yeah. <laughs> That's netball trash talk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'm thinking, well, maybe next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I also, uh, another uh, one specific um, time I remember in PE was when our teacher, Mrs. Heseltine, we had a dance uh, lesson and she could not keep in time. And I just remember the rage and I was like, how can you be teaching dance when you can't even get five, six, seven, eight? Do you know what I mean? So it's like the one class that I thought this is going to be my vibe, it was not. So yeah, I, I, I would say an indifference to PE. <laughs> do, you, do you think that for normal people, when they suddenly have to teach a dance class like that, mm. uh, they're, they're going, why do I have to start from five? Yeah. yeah. Numbers don't start at five. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> and it ends at eight. Yeah. And if you're not musical at all, even then if you're musical, it's still strange that dance starts at five. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'd never thought about that. And then they repeat. They'd be like five, six, a, a five, five, six. six seven. What that is is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah. You've just made it fucking Lot, weird. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like for no reason at all. Yeah. Goodness me. Um, okay, so you hated, <laughs> you hated yeah, not, slash loved. Yeah, pee. yeah. Just an indifference. I don't have. You're probably quite good at it. I was but you okay. Didn't care. Yeah, I was actually all right at it. And also, my sister's into sport, and I had a. Uh, I've got a brother, and he's really into sport. Um, so I, uh, you know, I was present for those occasions, <laughs> but I have, I don't know, like, I don't know how to I kind of, present. I was there, I attended, yeah. but I didn't have any interest. My interest was solely in musical theatre. <laughs> I see. Uh, you are sharing a room with two people who also hated the long distance running. Oh, oh really? I, I do feel like this podcast has become kind of like traumatic stories about cross country. Yes. We have shared some so before. cold. Why is everything outside as well? <laughs> it burns. It burns yes. the chest. Burns. I was like, it's not for me. I yeah. like the bleep test. A big, yeah. We, is, is this the second time we've yes, about this? I think we spoke about this last, last episode. Literally, we, we, <laughs> we're the same person. Well, you know, now we know as, as uh, fitness enthusiasts over here that that just means that I, it's likely that the three of us had more fast twitch muscle fibres, those type, I won't go into it. <laughs> um, no, serve us the knowledge. Come on, but, <laughs> serve us that knowledge. Uh, I'm going to jump off a bridge. No, no, um, no, no it's, uh, you know, that that's the way, your, your muscles have three types of fibres. Some in the middle, some on two ends of the spectrum for a, a really, really simple version. Fast twitch uh, are the ones that really help you with sprinting and your muscles can sort of change. So people are like, oh, I'm just built to sprint. And you're like, yeah, currently. But right. if, if you practiced long distance, some of those fibers would sort of swap over. Yeah. Mm. Um, and and change. So, you know, those people who normally do long distance could then, if they practice sprinting or did some strength training stuff, those uh, you'd get more of that explosive fibers. So perhaps the three of us should have just ran a bit more yeah. for longer and we might have hated it a bit less. Nah. Nah. <laughs> I actually don't hate running now though, as an adult. You I run a bit now, right? Yeah, I enjoy it. I, I, I mean, I'm not giving you 15K, I'm giving you 5K, but I'm not sprinting anywhere, certainly. So I, yeah. I, I enjoy... I enjoy the action of it. I enjoy not being forced to do it, probably, is why I like it, because yeah. no one's telling me to do it. Um, particularly in lockdown, I, I really enjoyed it. I enjoy getting outside. I like going for long walks anyway. I like, you know, living in the country and I like doing doing all of that. But I I enjoy it now because I've chosen to do it and you can listen to a podcast. Yes. Um, you know, and it's it's a nice way of getting out and about and just having some time on your own and... Perhaps somebody's running listening to this. <laughs> yeah, maybe. It'll be me. Oh, that's because the BPM's back. up. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll just talk quicker. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So then, did you go to a drama school, my dear? I did. So first of all, I went to Leeds University. Yes. And I did music. Uh, and I specialised in classical voice. Mm -hmm. But all I wanted to do was musical theatre, obviously. Uh, so, like, in my end of year... Uh, concerts we'd have to do or um, exams they'd ask us to do something classical and I'd say yes great I will be singing I'm still hurting <laughs> I'd have to bring in like a different pianist yeah. and, they, you know I mean? um, and then and, and I joined a lot uh, well I joined two societies so when I went to Leeds I knew because I had a friend in my Amdram who had gone to Leeds and said that they had really good musical theatre societies so that's one of the reasons that I went 
I didn't know that I definitely wanted to do musical theatre. I mean, I love, I absolutely loved it, but I didn't know anybody that did it for a living. So it wasn't kind of a career that I thought I could go into. Um, I also had my first singing teacher, Kevin Fountain, had gone to the Royal Academy of Music. And so I knew that as a place to train. Um, but I also knew, I also knew it was a one year. So you had to get a degree first. So in my school yearbook, I wrote, is off to Leeds University, but one day hopes to go to the Royal Academy of Music. I kind of knew that I wanted to do that, but that I needed to fill the time in between. And I also wanted to just have an experience. I wasn't ready to go to drama school straight away. I wasn't quite sure what I was doing. I just knew that I loved it. And I looked into maybe doing media studies or something like that. But I remember my mum just saying, just, you're going to be doing it for three years. So choose something that you want to do. You know, this is yeah. time to enjoy, pursue something that you enjoy because you're doing it for three years. And so I enjoyed my degree-ish, um, but I really enjoyed the societies. That's why I, that's what my whole university experience was, was doing the shows, meeting people who were doing the shows that were doing different courses. So, you know, an engineer playing Leo Frank or, you know, it's that kind of thing of just meeting different people and having that uni experience. Um just being hammered all the time, obviously. Um, That's what I Leeds would, is good yeah. at. <laughs> so you don't drink? No. <laughs> you, you've never drank? Never, never. Um, but yeah, just making amazing friends and, um, you know, still friends that I have now and who then went into the industry as well. In fact, two people from my stage musical society ended up going to the Royal Academy with me in the same year. Wow. Oh, wow. Um, and there's only 30 in the year at the Royal Academy, so it was, it was crazy. Um so yes, I did that at Leeds, really, really enjoyed it. And that's when I knew, solidified, I definitely want to do musical theatre. Um, but I've done three years of singing now. I feel quite confident with that. So I'm going to, as I intended at school, audition for the Royal Academy. So I auditioned just for there and by a miracle got in uh, that year, as did these two friends, Nick Briggs and Sam Harrison. Uh, and then I went there for the year and... I loved it. It was so intense, but that's what I needed. And because I'd been in, I was training anyway, you know, you're, you're in the right mindset for that. You want that 8am till 9pm every day. You're just surrounded with the best people. And I just heard so much about it. And obviously I'd never lived in London before and it just felt really official. It felt, do you know what I mean? It just felt yeah. really, and I'd known people who had gone there and I'd seen the shows before and I just was really excited to be there. And, and the contacts I made and I still, both my teachers, Karen and Mary Hammond, I've just worked for this year again and I've been graduated, right. I don't know, 15 years, 14 years. So it's amazing the kind of friends you make. Mm -hmm. And in my first term, in the first week, in fact, you put on a musical and it was directed by Lawrence Connor. He came in and we wow. did Beautiful Game and he ended up being the director of my first job, Les Mis, yeah. when I came out of college. Mm. So it's all those kind of little yeah. Uh, uh, connections you make and, and the friends you make. And I just, yeah, I just loved it. It was so intense. When I think about it now, kind of looking back at 35, having had a career in musical theatre, it's amazing. To It just felt nonstop up, up until there. And it just felt like pure joy from start to finish. Wow. From, you know, the day I auditioned for Annie when I was nine to the day I left the Royal Academy. And, and onwards, obviously. So all down, <laughs> downhill after that, right? After that. Then you met <laughs> Stefan and, oh, no, life got worse that am, day. Yeah. <laughs> I'm quitting the industry. 
<laughs> oh my god. Um, loads to unpack there. Actually, it sounds really, really positive. Especially that you know, going to a, the Royal Academy, mm. that that famous place. Um, did they have ways of sort of looking after you there? You know, did they make sure that you were well? Was that a practice that they had, or did they just really focus on your your talent and training? No, they. I think they were very good at it. Um, everyone was an individual. So when you're at the Royal Academy, um, I feel like you have no direct competitors within your year. I feel like they choose a year of people that are individual. And also the Royal Academy isn't known for its dance. You, you don't go there if you want to be in the ensemble of Mamma Mia. Do you know what I mean? That's not your path. You're not going to learn the skills you need for that. Um, so it was a very... It's, just different characters. So although I had people in my year that I was comparable to, we weren't exactly the same. Do you know? Yeah. I, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I feel like that looked after you in terms of you weren't constantly uh, sort of trying to get um, trying to get in the spotlight or trying to to compete against other people. It was it was a kind environment. Um, I feel like Mary and Karen were were very aware of the industry that they work in the industry. They were very much a part of that. And so I think they were very aware of just keeping everybody well, even though we didn't have, you know, sort of, um, we didn't have wellness sessions or anything like that. So Robbie's laughing at the insane <laughs> like, sounds. Where that are, are we? Somebody's dropping bowling balls <laughs> somewhere. Like, are we under a train? <laughs> yeah. No, well, there, you can, you hear, can hear the train. the train going underneath sometimes, but that's yeah. not what that was. No. Um, sorry, but you aren't talking about Mary Hammond uh, as, you know, it's quite, she's a, she's a legend. Oh, she's an absolute legend. Now, you know, yes. I was, I read her book before starting drama school. It was required reading. Yeah. You know, it's like, called That's All For Today or some, or is it Yeah, and it had, that? I can't remember. Some Clearly, it all went in. It's called Mary Mary, quite contrary. <laughs> uh, she, it had like a warm up CD on it yeah. with it. Yeah. And I used that CD to warm up for about six years. And then I met her really, really briefly. And you know, and you're like, I know you, but I'm irrelevant to you. You have no idea who I am. But I've listened to your voice yeah. for six years. I mean, spectacular. Just the pe the connection she had, the people she brought in. I just remember Philip Cross coming in for, you know, well, just on an afternoon. Careful. And he sang Stars with a polystyrene cup, just st stood there. And I just thought, this is the best thing I've ever seen. And it's a three o'clock on a Tuesday and he's holding a polystyrene cup and it's yeah. just, you know, the quality, like Janie D came in, just people that, just astounding people. Um, and also I remember them coming in, uh, they, they brought past students in. Every year they bring in like 10 past students to talk about their career and how they've managed to actually go into the industry because it's such a different thing, training and being in the industry. I know yeah. it prepares you, but it doesn't really yeah. prepare you. That's an amazing thing for them to do. I've really never is. heard of places doing that. And it's yeah. So, genius. so they bring, you know, like Hadley Fraser went there, Rachel Tucker went there. So they bring people back in to just talk about their experience. And I, I then did that a few years later and it was just, I remember, I just remember thinking, God, I've learned so much in the few years that I've graduated from here about the industry, because in a way I feel like we weren't mollycoddled. That's, that's too extreme. But I wasn't truly prepared for the harshness of the industry mm. when I left. I just thought everything, I was like, I'm going to be in everything. <laughs> I'm going to be 
I'm going to be in everything in the West End. I don't care what it is. West End only. Just me in everything. And when I got out, I was like, I am not going to be in everything. I'm, do you you know what I mean? It was just, it was great to go, go into the world with that kind of uh, vigor, but I quickly learnt the harshities of the industry. Do you think, because, you know, by, by the very nature of it, they're only going to bring back uh, successful people. Mm. So those, those graduates that are invited back are the ones that are going, yeah, I went out there and, you know, I couldn't find a job for a little bit. And then I got this huge, amazing job. And then I got this huge, amazing job. And, and then you're getting lots of people coming back, telling you about their successful careers. Yeah. And, you know, for you, actually, it's turned out very well, you know, <laughs> but for some people that when reality hits them, you know, you find some, some of my most talented friends in the world have quit the industry because within a few years of leaving drama school, because it didn't go their way straight away. Yeah. And actually that wasn't, didn't really line up with what they had anticipated. Yeah. And as you said, the, the harshities, I think, was a, was a lovely word. A word. I don't think so. Okay. Um, but I, I, I'm going to roll with it. Yeah. It is now. Mm. You are now Shakespeare. Great. Shakespeare, <laughs> Shakespeare Tabbitt. Because um, <laughs> Shakespeare was his first name. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Shakespeare yeah. Tabbitt here. Uh, though that reality hitting you, you know, it sounds like you managed to deal with that quite well, or is that not true? I did. I mean, talking about, you know, kind of... <sighs> fitness and being fit within, within the industry. And that my, you know, I was a lot bigger when I trained, um, and I'd always been much bigger my whole, my whole life. Like it had always been not an issue because I still pursued it as a dream, but it, it, I don't even want to say it had been overlooked because that seems like it, sh- it needs to be overlooked. You know, it needs to be kind of ignored. But when I left the Royal Academy, my first job was Les Mis and I was spoken to about my weight on it. And that was a kind of, that was a reality check of that thing of going, oh my God, people aren't just going, people aren't just going to give me a job because of my talent. You know, I'm not going to be cast as any role because I'm the best singer, I need to look a certain way. This was 15 years ago. I know things are, things are getting better and are, you know, changing, but that was the biggest reality for me was like, right, I've, I've, this is a, this is something that I'm going to have to address if I want to, I need to choose what career I want. Basically I need to know. Um, I was listening to your podcast with Miles and he was saying how he'd, decided to put himself in the brackets of casting so that other people didn't. It's that thing of going, right, am I going to be a leading lady or am I going to be the comic character? They're my only choices really in musical theatre. Again, it's not the same now, but... But those archetypes exist. Yeah. So it's that, you know, it's that thing of, I remember my boyfriend saying, so he's playing Dewey Finn on in School of Rock and his, at his college, they said, do you want to be Hugh Jackman or do you want to be James Corden? They're your choices. Do you know what I mean? And it, yeah. it was very much, I was, I was aware that I was bigger, certainly, you know, that was, that wasn't a, a shock to me that somebody said it, but it was in a professional setting. Mm. You know, it was that thing of, you know, the, the, the kind of pre-ramble was, you're not going to lose your job, but you know, I was already in it. I was already yeah. in it at the yeah. time. So it just suddenly became a, a massive reality that I was going to have to address. Now I don't want to um, 
obviously that conversation is horrific, but I, and I don't want to delve into it too much unless you uh, feel comfortable to do so. But what? How did that conversation happen? Like what? What sort of took so, place? Um, so it was it was in Les Mis, and I was first cover Fontaine, and I'd been cast as that already. So I was cast as first cover Fontaine at the weight I was, and I mean Fontaine over the years has been. Ver- played by various sort of shapes and sizes of women. I don't think it really matters. But the conversation was, I think they'd seen a cover run of me and the girl playing Fontaine, Madalena, she's, um, you know, a tiny slip of a thing, uh, went to bird, like unbelievable looking. And I think they just saw me in the costumes and I think they were, they got a f- frightened that maybe Cameron would come in and see me and be like, what's, you know, they'd made a mistake casting me or something. I don't know. But um, I was spoken to um, by the resident at the time. And he just said he, or he already knew that I was kind of trying to slim down a bit. And he said, um, what did he say? He said, Fontaine is dying of consumption and you don't look like you are, was the conversation. And that it was that moment that I just went, oh, my God, I'm going to get fired. This is my first job and I'm going to get fired because I'm too fat for Fontaine, basically. (laughs) I mean, you're Uh, you're laughing about it, which is making it much funnier than it is. Uh, But how did that affect you moving forward? Because does that not create this a a problem in your mind that has been really hard to overcome ever since? Yeah. uh, Yes. I mean, like I said, I was aware. I remember my first audition when I auditioned for Annie in Amdram when I was nine and I overheard the reason I didn't get Annie. And it was, you look, she looks too well-fed to be an orphan. (laughs) And that's like, (laughs) when you're nine, so I think then, you know, but but it was never an issue because when I got to uni, I was playing the roles anyway. Yeah. It's a bit mm. like in Amdram. You're still yeah. cast because it's thin on You're the ground. You're the only one that can do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> thin on the ground. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> anyway, yes. Yeah, so, so, oh, sorry. So, yeah, after, after I had that talk, I uh, joined Weight Watchers and I lost three stone during that year. But it had a real effect on me. It had an effect on, I, I was so afraid to put weight on in the future in case it was, you know, mentioned mm. again. And it was fine. And I did, I then, you know, got down to, a, I don't know, a, a normal weight, would you say? Something, you know. Uh. Um, and then well, an acceptable musical theatre weight for uh. a leading lady. Uh. <laughs> and, oh, then, um, and then that was it. I kind of, that's been a, not so much a battle, but it's been, it's a constant, you know, it's been a constant over the years and it's only now that I'm 35, that I'm just a bit like, I can finally kind of separate the, the, all the things. Yeah. And musical theatre isn't kind of the be all and end all for me like it was mm. then. Um, but it was, it was difficult. It was really difficult. And over the years, I've not come in contact with it or had an issue with it again until an audition I had where I got to the finals for a big part um, and the feedback was after the finals, she needs to keep an eye on her weight. And I was like, that was, that was a real, that it's just, you know, it just kept coming back. It's come back throughout <sighs> my kind of life. I'm assuming that is that in the last few years? Yeah. And um, pre pre-pand- pandemic, but sort of, yeah, three, four years ago, maybe. 
I can't believe that that's, that's yeah. happened. Like, there's a, there's a strange thing, you know, when you speak about what, you know, when you were in Lumis and you go 15 years ago, there's that, uh, I think we can sort of separate from it, right? And go, oh, things have changed. But I wonder if that's true. Like, I just don't know if that is true. If, if things like that can still happen from, if it's happened to you once in an audition, sure, you could take a positive outlook and say, that's the one time that's happened that year yeah. from that casting team. But it just isn't, is it? Like, if that's still happening now, I mean, I don't, I don't, I actually don't think they'd be able to get away with it now. I feel like the change has happened so quickly yeah. in the post pandemic. And, and I feel, I just don't think they'd be able to get away with it. But that feedback had come after a final. So you've already seen me. It's yeah. not like I've piled on the pounds. And it's also not like I'm, you know, I'm not a plus size. So you're not saying something that's, I don't know. I just, it, it was very odd, but it's that thing of that, that feedback is coming through my agent. So my agent's giving me that yeah, feedback, yeah. you know, and I'm mortified, so anyway, embarrassed. It, it's it, it, completely unnecessary. And also you say it's changed because they wouldn't get away with that. And I think you're right. I don't think they would maybe say that anymore. Yeah. But just because they're not saying it doesn't mean they're not making the decision based on that. Yeah, just because they're not saying it out loud now. Yeah, just because they won't give you that feedback doesn't mean that they're not going, oh, we can't cast her because mm. of this reason. Yeah. Like, no, no, no. Why? Like, wh I know yeah. it's so it's so tricky because there are, there aren't there are so few roles that require you to be very slim. Yeah. Yes, I get it. If you're Chris, you know, if you're Christine and and she needs to be a ballerina, but you get fat ballerinas. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like yeah, yeah. you don't. This part that I was up for is known for being bullied because she's different. So you. That it just makes no sense to me. It makes no sense to me. I understand that it's a commercial thing and they need to cast it a certain way. But I just, it was that moment that I was like, I need to just not take a step away, but just not give a shit anymore because I, it's just, it's, it's too consuming. It takes over your yeah. whole life. Yeah. And so, so yeah, that was kind of, that was a difficult time. And then I just decided, again, I was listening to Miles' episode, big fan Miles. Um, <laughs> but he was like, you you make the decisions about your career. So I then decided I'm not going to audition for this show again because I don't yeah. want to be treated like that. Yeah. And you're that's a shame because you're taking yourself out of the running for something that you've I've wanted to do since I was 18 and I sang in assembly. Yeah. But I can't, I'm not going to put myself in that position. If If you make me feel like this in an audition... Yeah. How am I going to feel in a show? Exactly. That's so... Uh, I didn't know this happened, by mm. the way. I, you've never told me this before. And uh, it, I'm I'm both upset and pissed off, like, hearing you <laughs> say this story. Like, uh, when this podcast goes off air, you're going to tell me who that, who that was. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to find them and kill them. <laughs> Um, that's, that's the sequence of events after this. So if this is our final episode, it's because... <laughs> Stefan's <clears throat> gone all Liam Neeson. Yeah. Yeah, I've gone full taken on whoever yeah. Um Never seen that film, but I refer to it all the time. Uh, yeah, I feel like, again, this is the second time we've referred to that <laughs> <Yeah>. recently. <laughs> I keep threatening to kill people. Yeah. Um, I'm so... Uh, just aghast at that, uh, that, uh, that whole thing. And as you said, not that this matters, but it, it's, it's not like you're going in at, at 20 stone and going, well, actually her, her overall casting is vastly different to the person we're speaking at. Like that's just not true. And even then that's a problem in that, yeah. in that sense, but you're like, that's just not her 
it's it's yeah it's it's really frustrating yeah. and I do feel like changes are being made I feel like that I saw Legally Blonde at Regent's Park last night I was hoping you'd bring this up yes and I just loved it I was like oh my god thank thank god something like this is happening I was like I'm embarrassed that there's been nothing like this for so many years and it's just felt like the norm for 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 everyone not to be represented yeah I was just overjoyed to see to see it all. I was like, it makes no difference to the story. Nothing has changed. Mm. Nothing has changed. It's just, I'm so glad this is happening now, you know, and that people can embrace everyone. And, and people are just getting, I mean, still not equal, but much greater opportunities. And and I just, I hope that those conversations that I've gone through, and obviously I'm one person, like this, this I'm sure has happened to, hundreds of people and does, you know, on the daily, but I'm just hoping that things are changing for the better so that producers and casting directors and people will initially be scared into saying anything. They shouldn't just, it's not your, your business. Like it's not your business to comment unless it's commented on in the script that you're dying of consumption um, or, you know, <laughs> that you're anorexic, you know, that there's something physical about it. But if you're playing it, Tracy Turnblad, a, a part of the character is her size and weight. Yes. Like yes. That, it's a relevant yeah. factor in the story yeah. uh, that, that, it, that is important and, and mentioned. Therefore, yeah. she should probably represent that in some way yeah. physically. But, but, it, but it's f- interesting. Unless it but, is. Yeah. When I graduated the Royal Academy, I got cast in Les Mis and in Hairspray. So alternate Tracy and first cover Fontaine. And I spoke to Mary Hammond about which, you know, which should I take? And she said, I would take Les Mis because you're going to be on stage all the time. So you're going to learn your craft. Mm. I would be in the ensemble, mm. whereas alternate, I would be sitting around. But it's that, it's that thing of the trajectory, the, the, then the trajectory of my career. Because when I was in Les Mis, I was then... Told that. Told that. It took me, you know, and who knows, who knows the the kind of career path I would have had, had I not chosen to make that decision about myself, but I'm livid about it in retrospect. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm, but then also I understand that as actors, you make these sacrifices. You need to look certain ways for certain things. You need to look after yourself, you know, be fit, et cetera. And that's, that's important. And people, you know, like you were talking about Hugh Jackman in Wolverine, where he like proper shredded himself. And I understand that that's part of it. I just don't know that it's necessary in musical theatre in London. I don't know that it's necessary. And also watching, I remember watching shows. So my brother was in Chitty Bang Bang when he was 12, clang, at the London Palladium. <laughs> and I, I remember watching it and thinking, I want to be a leading lady in a musical one day. And I know what that looks like and it doesn't look like me. This is the problem, knowing what that looks like. Mm. And that's the, the issue, you know, across all uh, like types of people, for want of a better phrase, you know, whatever your background, you should be able to look at a leading lady and see a version of it that represents you, whatever whatever you look like what, and wherever you're from. And if you go, oh, I know what a leading lady looks like, isn't that a problem? Y- yes, yeah. and that, but that has been the case for since musical theatre began. Surely, yeah. you know, it's a slim, yeah. it's a slim, beautiful white woman. Yeah, that's yeah. what it is. Do you know what I mean? That's that's when I'm growing up. That's what I've got in my mind. Yeah, 
And so seeing now in the last literally year and a half, yeah. people being cast, you know, in different, just different people being cast. Christine not roles. being a white woman. Exactly. Yeah. And like having different people play different things is, is incredibly refreshing. Yeah. And, and uh, more reflective of the world we actually live in. Ex- exactly. Especially in London. But you mentioning the fitness thing, because obviously that is part of what we, <laughs> we, we are yeah. talking about. Uh, there was a, a production recent, recently in London. I won't mention it because it's, um, it's sort of a, uh, perhaps a criticism aimed at a, at a person um, in which the person had to be in their underwear on stage. And uh, it was a guy and he was more shredded than, you know, humanity would believe <laughs> to the point where, to, uh, to the point where, you know, I, I have never found a man attractive, but I couldn't concentrate watching the show because of quite how in unbelievable shape he was. Yeah. To the point where I was like, and I know how you get in that shape. And I was like, that is about three hours in the gym every day, six days a week, movement on that stuff and unbelievable control of your diet. Unbelievable control. Yeah. And it turns out that's exactly what mm. he was doing. He was a, a, hitting around 6% body fat throughout that show. So he was- Which is insane. He, and which means he was miserable. It was horrible to be around. However, his character- had a full-time job that worked through night sometimes with a changing shift pattern, working 12 hours. And uh, like it was impossible that his character would be in that shape. Yeah. yeah. So at that point, that vanity that you've got of taking a top off on stage and having people go, shit, he's fit. You're actually messing up the story. The story. Mm, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and that's when it's relevant the other way around. Like, yes, people want to be fit and able to do their jobs, but you can be fit at any size. Like yeah. you, you can be Absolutely, f- yeah. fit and, and that's completely possible and we all need to. Yeah. But like this idea of this drive to the extreme of like, oh, I need to see abs popping at me. Like it's not actually representative of the, the character you're portraying. And that is my rant over. Just wanted to <laughs> stop there. But it, yeah, yeah. It's, it's true. Like a job that I've just, I'm about to start now. Um, I, is based on a film. So you you already have an idea of what that person looks like that you're about to take on the role mm. of. But she's a movie star. Yeah. <laughs> she is a movie star. So what about her needs to look like that? Which is something that I got in my head about when I was auditioning for it. I was I was thinking I don't look like this woman from the film. I I don't, you know. Do I do I need to make myself look like that? Do I need to get myself to a place where I look like her? Because I've I've lost weight before, you know, I can do it, but it's a ball ache and I don't want to, and I'm 35 and I'm over it. <laughs> so, and then I was like, no, let me think about the character. What does the character do? What is she, you know, she's overworked, she's busy. That doesn't mean she's thin. Uh, I mean, no, it could be a side effect of it. For but some people. When I'm overworked and busy, I just eat preps yeah. and I don't go to the gym. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It, I, yeah. It's the opposite for me when yeah. I'm overworked. I don't find the time to go to the gym. Yeah. So I put mm. on weight. Yeah. So, okay, then I have to get it in my head that I can still portray that character and it still makes sense, even if I don't look like a movie star. Yeah. And that's what I'm... But I have to do that in my head. Because the movie yeah. was less realistic than reality itself. Exactly. Normally, exactly. So it's there's little things like that, but it's just about changing the mindset because we've been so, you know, you grow up particularly loving musical theatre. You have these idols, you have these people, and that is ingrained up until three or four years ago where all of a sudden I'm like, no, no, it doesn't need to be like that. It's just because you've been taught that. 
It's just because mm. you've been told that that's what's necessary and it's not. And I would appreciate as a child coming to see a musical where someone looks like me. And that's, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not plus size, but I'm not a size six to eight. I'm not a weight. Yeah. I'm not, you know, and that's okay because we exist Yeah, in like life. The, the majority of the population is yeah. overweight. Like <laughs> yeah. it's factually true. Yeah. So it's like, it's a better representation. Argument. I'm just like, I don't, I just, uh, I don't know. It's tricky, but it's really changing and I'm really excited for it. Yeah. And just like I said, seeing Legally Blonde last night, I was like, gosh, this is so wonderful. And we the audience- saying we're going to go, actually. We haven't yeah, we're about to close, It's going to close on Saturday, yeah. I think. But the audience- I've got a week. <laughs> <laughs> when we going then? Yeah. <laughs> but the audience love it. Yeah. They're yeah. not disappointed. They're not booing. They're not going, I don't believe this story anymore. Yeah. They love it because they are- Represented, yeah, they're there. It's a different audience mm. as well. You're getting, you're getting new people into Regents Park. You know, you're getting a different clientele, and surely that's a good thing. Yeah, theatre yeah. for for everyone, for, for the people, yeah, yeah. theatre for everyone. <laughs> Hashtag theatre for, theater everyone. for everyone. Aunt Sue would approve. Absolutely. Um, we, go on. Sorry, I was just going to say, I like. I do feel like it is really changing and it's really changing from certain aspects, but I do, there are still some people now, I think almost going the opposite direction and really pushing heavily the narrative that you need to be ripped to be mm. in musical theatre. And I, I feel like it's actually, it, this is now being directed particularly at men. I think there's a real, I think there's people taking advantage of that. You can get away with that more at the moment, I think. I think, uh, as you, uh, Laura mentioned, that it is changing a little bit. I don't think you'd get away with uh, saying to a female actress that they would need to lose lose weight now. But uh, I actually maybe agree with that, that it's become quite common to say you need to be shredded, like if you're going to a guy. Yeah. And I think I don't even, nece I don't even necessarily think that's coming from casting directors or coming from directors or producers. I think that's coming from external sources who are maybe using marketing to suggest. <laughs> Stefan, you know where I'm going with this. <laughs> I can see you looking at me. I know who um, he's talking about. <laughs> being very careful about what I say. Um, I think there are people pushing the narrative that you have to be ripped to be in musical theatre and you have to be ripped to be successful. Mm. And that's not true. It's just, it's just not, true. not true. It's the it's social media era mm. as well. It it's, is, that, it it's that idea of if you're in a show... You're technically promoting it 24-7, which is why I almost ease off social media when I'm in a show because yeah. I'm like, that's not my job. Mm. It's not my responsibility. You know, I want to go to work and do the best that I can. But I think, you know, it's, it's, I just think, yeah, particularly with men, I think it's, I do think it has a lot to do with social media and, yeah. sh and selling a show. And you want to be unobtainable. Your, your lifestyle needs to look unobtainable for some reason. Well, even sorry to jump in Cinderella all the promo for that obviously part of the plot of that is that these people are all beautiful in the place it's worth saying that before I go on to say what I'm about to say but the the new sort of marketing they had for that before it closed had those three guys who are topless for the entirety of the show they might have coats on but they are topless and they are three of the most uh, I know one of them uh, named Sam and he is shredded yes, yeah. he is. like um a competed as a bodybuilder, like they are shredded, like unbelievably shredded. But they are the only topless men that you see in the show are ones that are really, really lean and muscular. Now, if I was watching that as a kid, or now even, I go, oh, in order to be in that show, I have to be in that shape. Yeah. 
And actually, that is true. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the end. And that's <laughs> messed up. I know. Like, yeah. that's true. And the, it's not realistic. So I, it, it, you say it's not coming from casting directors. Well, and yeah, stuff. I haven't talked about that. But, but it... You're not going to get it if you don't. Look you're not. Like you're it. not getting in the you're, show. You're yeah. saying that is what is beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. They're saying that these people live in Belleville and it's the most. It's filled with the most beautiful people, and those beautiful people are all ripped, ripped that's, and miserable. Yeah, ripped, ripped and miserable. miserable. <laughs> and and that's fucked up. Um. Anyway, we have missed one vital thing. <laughs> have you? We have. Yeah. Have, have you lied to us? Yes, a small lie. Uh, right. I. I <laughs> Imagine if it was like I was never overweight. <laughs> <laughs> this whole conversation, that, that feedback was. <laughs> I'm not even in musical theatre. <laughs> I'm a size four, damn it, and I've always have been. Uh, I have no idea. But I, I have one idea. I think it's my turn to guess. It first. is your turn to guess first. So, if you take I, my idea, I'll hurt I'm you. I'm intending to. In fact, my entire intention is to take Bobby's idea. <laughs> you, and you, already, I, you can already know what I'm thinking. I am going to go with. I think that your grandma wasn't. Uh, <laughs> I don't want her to have been the, <laughs> the whore. chief whore. <laughs> I don't want her to have been the whore in Little Whorehouse in, in okay. Texas. Texas I think the story about the dance class from Miss Heseltine is the lie. Your memory is fantastic, Miss Heseltine. Shout out. <laughs> Big up, Miss Heseltine. Still going. She's still going. Yeah. yeah. Uh, tell us. Oh, wait. Audience at home, have your guess now. Say it out loud so we can all hear. So that you're shamed if you're wrong. (laughs) I hope you're running and screaming this at the same time. Yeah, full scream. Laura, tell us. Uh, So unfortunately, you're both wrong. My grandma is a whore. (laughs) (laughs) She also played a whore. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's my favourite usage of that so far, Bobby. Congrats. I know Mrs. Heseltine could not teach dance. It was... um, (laughs) It was... I was... Almost cast opposite my dad, but not in Oklahoma. Uh, it was Pirates of Penzance. Oh, guys, oh. Friedrich for you. He ended on. He ended up going on to play the role. Oh, actually, opposite a seventeen-year-old. So. claimed, but it wasn't me. Stunning. And that's why <laughs> Laura's me. dad <laughs> did the Andrews. <laughs> <laughs> my God! Now, uh, looking at like your life now, I was going to say we should mention we met on Into the Woods. Yes, Into the Woods. Uh, you have to go. Whatever the rest of the lyrics no are, nobody knows. Um, unintentional, terrible rhyme. Uh, now, when, <laughs> when we did that job, it's worth mentioning, I think that we had five days of rehearsal? We had eight days in total. Eight days total, five days of being in there. Also, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and um, they weren't even full days, it's no. worth mentioning to people. Uh, so three of us took over some roles from uh, a company that popped over from Broadway, Casual. and um, <laughs> Popped over. They said, uh, Laura's playing the baker's wife, which, you know, is a really small role hmm. in the show. Yeah. Um, it's not like she sings everything in all. it. <laughs> and it's on time and it's complicated. And we were given this really, really small amount of time to learn this And, this and it was actor Muso. Oh, yes. And it was actor Muso and we had to learn instruments <laughs> <laughs> to, to play. I play the flute and I didn't play yes, flute. No, you didn't play the flute. I had to play guitar in my audition and I didn't play the guitar in it. Uh, they obviously saw me and were like, he can't fucking play that. <laughs> I give him a, a, what yeah. did I play? I played the spoons. I played... The uh, spoons? A, yeah, I, I played instruments, a water phone, like uh, some drums at different points, like yeah. a whole bunch of instruments I'd never heard of. But um, it, 
that was an unbelievably stressful experience of of learning and getting that show up to go, oh my God, we're doing this in front of people in eight days. Uh, and we hadn't been given the script or anything prior. It was like, here it is, go, and the music. And we did it. How the hell did you deal with that stress? I dealt with that stress because I was so thrilled to be there. Mm. I was, I couldn't believe I'd been cast as the baker's wife at the chocolate factory. I was overwhelmed. It was the highlight of my career and still is. And I was ready and raring. I was like, I can do this. And also because you and Harry were there as well as newbies, we were all in it together. There was a lot to learn, but it's, it's doable. Like I've, you know, I've had to learn things I've covered for, you know, the first six, seven years of my career. So I'm used to learning things under pressure. The the team was so kind and creative and it was stressful. And I obviously was thinking about it from the moment I woke up to the moment I went to sleep, (laughs) but I've been in much more stressful musical theatre situations where I've had to learn less. I was going to say, we didn't deal with this in the most healthy way. What do you mean? <laughs> we were given the most obscene amount of, of time to learn something preposterous. Mm. And before every day of rehearsals, because they weren't even full days, I think we did like 10 till three because the rest of them were all in the show. So they couldn't work them that yeah. much. We did like 10 till three or something. Before, I think every day we met at, um, what's the breakfast place? The breakfast club. The breakfast club. How could I not remember that? Yeah. Uh, the breakfast place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so the club. <laughs> that the club, club that for does breakfast. <laughs> breakfast. And we met there and sort of had this sort of strange stressed breakfast where we were like, have you learnt this stuff from yesterday? And we're like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if it's gone in. And then after every day, we sort of went to the pub for about four and a half hours. Yeah. To de- debrief and to, distress. To go, oh my God, I'm, I'm so stressed about this. Yeah. Drank copious amounts of alcohol. And then see, and see you tomorrow. Then went home and learnt things after seven yeah. pints. Yeah. And miraculously it went in. And I, I know that was the case for me. I don't, I'm not really sure how it went in. Yeah, I don't think I could do it now as not an older chance. person. Older 35. Um, I learnt, as as ye oldie lady, I learnt to drive during the pandemic and it was the worst thing that's ever happened to me because I just, (laughs) I was like, why can't I do this? I I just don't put myself in in a position nowadays where I learn, where I'm shit at something. Mm. I don't want Mm. to be shit at something. Mm. So because, you know, we've been doing this our whole lives, Technically, we're highly skilled asterisks at musical theatre. So I'm rarely put in a position where I'm at sort of naught. Oh my God, I hated it so much. I hated it. I just hated not being good at it. And I hated that so many people can do it. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone can do it. And I was like, surely there must be some relatable skill I can use. And my driving instructor, Nermal, was like... Great name. I know, right? He was like, you're you're a dancer, right? I was like, no, but go on. Strong start. Strong start. Nope. I'll I'll stop you there, Nermal, but no. He was like, you know, with the... the, what are they called? Pedals. Pedals. Oh, with the, um, guys, with I the passed. Foot pads, with the I foot. passed first time. I passed first time. I don't know what the pedals are like, called. It's no. like, um, you know, it's like dancing. And I was like, it's not really, but I appreciate yeah. that. It's nothing there's like no, that. There's, there's, there's no bite point when I dance. Yeah, okay. no. exactly. <laughs> I'm like half lifting my foot off the floor. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't know that I'd be as good at it now, learning Into the Woods Act Museum in eight days, as I was then. I, I don't know, maybe. 
Yeah. Maybe. It takes me a long time to learn stuff. Also, I'd learnt Moments in the Woods and It Takes Two for my audition. So I'd already got those down. So I was like, phew. Mm. And I wasn't in your fault. So I was like, <laughs> Which is you, the beast. You, yeah. you and I weren't in your fault. Because we, yeah. we were on stage the whole time. That was another thing. It was like, yeah. it wasn't like you could go off and go, what the hell's next? You needed to know that show. Yeah. And we sat there watching this number like, <laughs> thank <laughs> you. In this. Yeah. That number so is carnage. But that, that's fascinating. Maybe maybe I'll, I'll send you some materials about a growth mindset. Oh, please, uh, please and do. Some, and some books to read that you'll love <laughs> about being uh, out of that fixed mindset of... A of, growth of, mindset. Yes. Oh, you're going to love it. Uh, but essentially about that um, aspect of challenge in your life. And when you are faced with challenge that is new to you, that you know, you're used to going hey, I'm successful at most things now and I really put myself in that position. Then when that challenge comes on, how to go, I love this. How to embrace it. Yeah. Mm. Uh, we, Bobby and I went and played snooker <laughs> two days ago. Yes, we did. And I have played snooker once in my life. Uh, and uh, it looked like the size of a football pitch. <laughs> and I was hustled by Bobby. He said he was bad. And I turned up and uh, he absolutely <laughs> annihilated Bobby. me. Classic. I mean, in no world was I good. Mm, that makes me sound even worse, <laughs> which is probably true. Uh, <laughs> and I saw Bobby today and I was like, we must go again. We must I'm, improve. I must be better That's at this. That's so good. I'm the opposite. I'm like... Enjoy your career in snooker. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'd have checked out instantly. Yeah. yeah, that's. I'm just like, no, thank you. But I'm like, I think that is something you can swap. Yeah. Um, but we won't. We won't delve into that too much. Now, uh, during lockdown, I know that you hired the skills of a personal trainer. Is that true? I did. Sam Robinson of Cinderella fame. Ah, there yeah, we go. Ah, oh, there we go. And uh, what made you do that? Well, the first lockdown I was in London and I was doing my own thing. I was going running. I was doing your workouts. Bobby, Bobby. Pick up the bakery. The bakery. Um, tasty croissants. I, mm-hmm. <laughs> yummy, yummy. I really enjoyed it. I, I enjoy doing sort of hit. I've always enjoyed that. I I also just had so much time. And, and so that was a part of my, I enjoy the routine of it. Um, and then when I got into the second lockdown, I then moved by this point to the Midlands and I, um, the West Midlands actually at this point, I know going over to the dark side to live with my boyfriend and his parents and grandma, whose house I'd never been to before. Um, and I just wanted something different. I just, I'd been doing, you know, the kind of online thing and the running and all of that. And I just wanted a different challenge basically. And my boyfriend knows Sam from the West Midlands Amdram. Um, and so... <laughs> Big up. Yeah. <laughs> Big up. Um, I've gone from like one musical theatre family dynasty to from the East Midlands and I'm joining the West Midlands family dynasty. Bringing dynasties together. Exactly. <laughs> Lancaster and York. <laughs> what are we going to do? <laughs> um, so I just wanted something different. And so Jake was um, in contact with Sam about... Jake was wanting to get in shape um, for going back into School of Rock, get his stamina up and stuff and strength. Um, and so I just basically tagged on and and asked Sam if he, I hadn't met him. I still haven't actually. Yeah. <laughs> asked him if he wouldn't mind doing me something. I enjoy, I really enjoy exercise. I really, I've always enjoyed it. Um, I, I find it difficult. This year has been the worst for me because I'm homeless technically. I'm not, I'm, I'm, all my stuff's at Jake's parents and that's where I've lived for the last year and a half. She doesn't live on the street. No. Just to um, be clear. Where, and all my stuff is there and I often go back there, but Jake's on tour week to week. So I go to the places that I can reach, you know, um, 
And I'm staying with my friend Serge, like I said, in Ellsfield for some days when I'm down here and stuff. So it's just, I have no routine, none, none at all. Like I'm three days here, three days there. So I can't, I can't join a gym. I've actually just been on a cruise for the last four out of five weeks. And that's the first time I've been able to get some routine back by going to the gym. So I just can't wait until I start rehearsals for this thing so I can join a gym. Chris mentioned one of the weirdest moments of my life was meeting up with you in Rhodes. Yes. In, in Greece. <laughs> sure. A couple of weeks ago. Sure. I was on holiday there. <laughs> and anyway, in sales, <laughs> this massive Celebrity cruise beyond. Ship. And we're like, huh, pretty sure, pretty sure Laura's on that. <laughs> like, I can yeah. see her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She was like, like yeah, 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 I've got a break in two hours. I'll see you then. I was like, oh my God, yeah. this is weird. It was Let's go. so strange. Yeah. Then we just sort of went for some food in the middle of roads. Roads. Yeah. Lovely. Yeah. Yeah. So, nice view. Um, so how are you, how are you, how are you managing that sort of lifestyle with both nutrition and exercise then obviously? Uh, currently quite badly. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, obviously I'm vegan. My, my diet has always been controlled in some way. I am not a vegan to control my diet, but since I, since lame is, and I went on Weight Watchers, I then have over the years always had some, some sort of restriction because I've always known once you learn points on Weight Watchers, feels like such an old fashioned thing now, but once you learn points on Weight Watchers, it's hard to kind of get rid of them. This was like before they had the app, I was like writing it down in a book. Mm. Um, so there's always been some sort of restriction to my diet. And then in recent years, I've become vegan. Um, and that obviously is restrictive, mm. but not restrictive in terms of, I'm not choosing to do it for actually even for my own well-being. It's It's more... Uh, kind of a moral thing, uh, ethical, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's it's kind of like I've restricted my diet without even for, not for for myself. It's just yeah. you know for it's harder to eat a lot of calories e into, yeah. unless you're just smashing down some Oreos. Yeah, which are goddamn delicious. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> so in terms of nutrition, I definitely don't. I know I don't get enough protein. I know I don't because. It's harder to get it and you've got to eat a lot of chickpeas. Um, so <laughs> uh, my nutrition isn't great, but I don't, I don't eat badly. I think I eat well. I don't particularly like sweet things or crisps or anything like that. So, and, and also I've cut those out for most of my life anyway, yeah. that, I, that those habits are still there. So I think I eat well. And in terms of exercise, actually, when I was on the cruise, I got my friend Natalie Hope to uh, put me together like a little six week thing. And I've really enjoyed that. I just messaged her before doing this, just saying how much I've loved it. I've always been big into cardio. I really enjoy cardio, but she put me together a program that was a lot more weights based. Mm. And it just, it just opened my mind to, to something else. And also when you're, my exercise has always been linked to my weight. Mm. It's never been done for, for a reason other than to, for weight loss. Yeah. And so getting to a place now in my life where that isn't my sole purpose yeah. is really freeing. Also, I, I want to jump in on this because I think it's really important for people to understand is that, you know, we speak about this a lot, Bobby, that resistance training is something that can regulate your weight far more effectively long-term than cardio can. Yeah. You know, uh, your body adapts to the cardio you do very quickly. So you need to constantly up the amount of cardio that you do to the point where you know, you'll be running ultramarathons and people who run ultramarathons aren't, you know, 
they'll be very, very, very slim normally, but they'll just need to keep upping that thing. Let's say you do 60 minutes of cardio a week, then very, very soon your body will adapt to that. You'll need to do two hours of cardio a week, then four hours of cardio a week. And if you, if you love cardio and intend to continue to do it, then that's a fantastic tactic. When you're 75, it's unlikely that you're going to be able to run for six hours a week. Yeah. Whereas strength training, uh, you'll obviously, you'll gain muscle mass, which ups the amount of calories that you burn each week. And then really, really importantly, maintaining that takes between, depending on the study you read, between one fifth and one seventh of the amount of effort. So you can maintain that level of um, uh, effect on your metabolism with very little effort, which means you can strength train up until the day you die right. and it be a very effective tool of regulating your um uh, your metabolism and the amount of calories you take in and your weight. Yeah. Sorry to get really technical on that. And that was still a simplified version, but I think it's really important for people to go, Oh, I need to lose weight. I'm going to do loads of cardio. And you're like, great short term, but yeah. the yeah. second you start, you'll go straight back up. Yeah. That, yeah. That's it. You know, it's kind of, if you want to regulate something, you need to get into a routine that's enjoyable. And I think that is enjoyable. I mean, ideally you need to be in a gym and I enjoy going to the gym. So when I eventually, when we move into our house, I'm hoping that that will be something I can really sort of incorporate and I will enjoy that part of it. But I was just actually saying to Natalie on the way here, I've never noticed such a difference from doing sort of weight training in the gym to then doing a, a hit that she's put mm. together for me when I can't go to the gym, the difference in my strength. And I've done hits for years. Like I love a burpee. Sorry about it, but I do. Yes. And, um, <laughs> and I'm better at it now because yeah. of the work I've done in the gym. And that's yeah. only three or four weeks. And I, that's great because then I can see a difference in myself and I don't have to measure my success on how little I weigh. Yeah. I can measure mm -hmm. it on how strong, strong I yeah. feel. And that's such a wonderful change. It's such a yeah. wonderful yeah. way of measuring something going, I'm putting something in, I'm putting effort in and I'm getting stronger because of it. Yeah. Not I'm putting effort in and I'm getting thinner because of it. Like yeah. it's just such, do you know becoming what I mean? Less. I'm becoming less by Rather doing you're more. Becoming more by doing exactly, this thing. Exactly. Like and it's not greater. like I'm Hercules. Do you know what I mean? I'm not, Close. I'm not you know, <laughs> the Hulk, but I feel, I feel, um, I just, you just feel better, don't you? You feel better. And exercise is, is for that. Yeah. Ultimately, that's all you want. Yeah. You want to feel better. You want to feel better about yourself. You want to feel better about. And everything. confident. And confident. And, and fit and healthy. Yeah. Especially if you're going to be doing eight shows a week, you need mm. to be fit and healthy. Hell it's, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Is there anything you'd like to see get in the bin in terms of fitness or in terms of nutrition or wellness or anything in that? Um, BMI. Oh, Yes. Oh, yes. that's by the, now an episode that we've done about BMI will have by now an episode that you've done on this will have re released so people will have heard a lot about our opinion of BMI. Well, I must listen to it because I have not. Wait, it's not out yet. Yeah. We're by the weird. time people are listening to this, <laughs> it will be out. It will be out. Great. So Sucker I haven't back to the future. It. <laughs> you will be listening to it in about two weeks' time. Okay, yeah. great. Yes, um, I just hate the idea that there's one scale fits all. Absolutely. I just hate it. I think it's so outdated and it's not useful and I hate it. <laughs> BMI is getting in the bin. Get in the bin. Um, if you uh, have a different opinion about BMI or want to learn a little bit more, then uh, we've had a request from uh, a listener to do an episode about BMI, which is why we'll have a talk episode on that coming up. Uh, it's on the way. In which we 
uh, yeah, we'll we'll be discussing the merits or lack of of it um, and our opinions of it. So uh, yeah. I'm interested to know what your opinions are, but I'll wait for the episode. Yes, uh, it, it's <laughs> yes. Uh, okay. Any advice that you have to some? Let's say somebody is entering the industry now, students from from Ram or other. Uh, what advice would you give them about uh, how to take care of themselves in this space? I would say. <laughs> how to take care of themselves, have a life outside of this. That's hard to say because my whole life was this. I didn't want to do anything else. When you love something as much as we have to love it to be in this industry, that is your life. It's only in recent years, and maybe it's an age thing, maybe you can't give this advice because it actually just comes with having been in the industry for a bit. But do other things even if it's just hobbies, just do other things, meet other people because it can become very claustrophobic is the wrong word, but it's, it's a small world that we live in. Mm. It's a, um, please sing it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's a warm up for later. You're doing West End Live. I am. But no, it is, it's a, it's a small world and everybody knows everybody and it can become very, um, it's just can become a, a, it's small. So I think just branch out, do other things, meet other people, you know, don't, don't put everything on your job. I don't, I don't feel like anybody else does in any other industry. It's not their whole world. I think, and I'm saying this to myself because I've missed countless weddings and birthdays and things like that. And, and that, that was the right decision for me at the time. Um, but it's, I think it's, it's all about balance and I think that in turn will help with your uh, mental health because you can, you're not resting everything on one thing. And also just because you don't get a job in musical theatre doesn't mean you're never going to work again. And it doesn't mean that there isn't one singular reason why that's happened and it, and it will put you on another path. And I think it's just, we're rejected so many times as actors, so many that I've just got to a place now where I take on the rejection and know that it wasn't meant for me. I mean, that's obviously a really nice place to be where you can just go, it doesn't matter. It's not that. It's just that that's that job's not meant for you. Mm. And that's fine. You're going to go on. If you know that you want to do, I know I want to do this forever. I mean, it feels hard at times and I'm skilled in no other areas. And obviously I don't like learning anything new. So I'm stuck. I'm literally stuck in this industry. Yeah. Um, that's definitely but, a driving instructor. Yeah. <laughs> Stand aside, normal. Um, but yeah, it's just that thing of just knowing that other jobs will come along. And also musical theatre is not the be all and end all. I, mm. Most of my work nowadays isn't in musical theatre. And when that job comes up in musical theatre that you're right for, you can embrace it and you can have a great time. But try and find other avenues, fitness, personal training, you know, just other hobbies. I, I'm obviously singing is a hobby and my job, but doing the session singing, learning, you know, I learned to read music at a young age, doing that kind of thing can open concert work, can open, you know, uh, gigging, singing at weddings, just yeah, all of that of stuff. Devolution. Which we devolution. Yeah. I have, um, that's not like a the, girl group. <laughs> a devolution of parliament like this. That's a diva. Yeah. It's a, diva, it's a trio diva, band that you are a co-founder of. Evolution of divas. Right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. Start your own thing up. Do your own thing. Get some control. I think that's, again, with mental health, I, I think it's, as an actor, you are in the hands of so many other people. Just take 
some control back mm. and you won't feel so at sea all the mm. time, yeah. you know, and, and if you're in it for the long run, which I believe we all are, then just know that you're, you're trying to make a life as well. You don't want to get, you don't want to wake up at, at 40 and think, God, I've just been stressing about auditions for the last 20 years or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Just, just embrace everything as it comes be kind, enjoy it, put your whole heart and soul into it, but know that it's fleeting and, you know, build, build a life for yourself that you can sustain this career throughout. Mm. Um, well, that I love that. I love the idea of taking back control. <laughs> take back control. Although that sounds like some political thing that I think they did during Brexit, didn't they? They said take back control. Oh God. That oh was, good. Uh, okay. Perfect. Perfect. Great. You, just, you just said you love that, Bobby. I, I do love that. Bobby's got the horn. A bit of like, yeah. <laughs> right. We've got one round that you don't know about because it wasn't in the episodes that you heard. It's oh, called the reaction round. You know that uh, game where I give you two options and you choose which one you um, are, <laughs> are sort of aiming towards. Okay. And, and either or, if you will. I will. Yes, you will. <laughs> uh, we're going to set you a will. minute time. Well, Bobby is going to set a minute no, time. I'm about to do it. No. Oh, you can't prep for Zero this. Zero prep. There's no preparation one needs God, for this. You love a game, Stefan. We both love games, big Bobby fan. and I. Big, big fan of games. Uh, and I'm going to fire through as many things. And just as quick as you can, just choose the one that speaks to you. Okay. Whatever that might be. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Bobby counts in. Three. Two, one, go. Phone call or text? Phone call. Dogs or cats? Neither. Plays or musicals? <laughs> musicals. And Netflix or YouTube? Netflix. Friends or The Office? Friends. School of Rock or Into the Woods? School of Rock. Savory or sweet? Savory. Apple or Android? Apple. New clothes or new phone? New clothes. Session singing or devolution? Devolution. Bath or shower? Bath. Beard or clean shaven? Beard. Yes! Cardio resistance training? Uh, cardio, sorry. Online shopping or in-store? Online. Coffee or tea? Coffee. TV or movies? Movies. Podcasts or audiobooks? Podcasts. Apples or oranges? Oranges. Red or blue? Blue. Bobby or Stefan? Stefan. Oh! <laughs> Sorry, I have to say that's, that. That's fair. That's fair. I'll, I'll, take, that. I'll take an L on that. That's one all. One all. <laughs> on that new round of ours. Well Ooh, done. That was intense. You did that with like 20 seconds to spare. Oh my Thank God. You. Last time we were at like 56 seconds. Okay. I don't know that half of that was true, what I answered. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure Into the Woods would come second to a School of Rock for you. I'm well, raging. no, that is true. Raging about that. Do you remember I got School of Rock while we were doing Into the Woods, but I got offered second cover, so I turned it down and then I auditioned again and got... And then got the part. I had forgotten that. Yeah. So they were, they almost kind of crossed over. Wow. What a time. What a time. What a time, time and alive. it's still involved in my life because obviously now Jake's in it. Yeah. You can't, you cannot escape the Queen of the Night aria and <sighs> where did the rock go? Well, that's the question. Where did it go? Where did, where the, rock go? did the rock go? That question you've spent years asking. Yes. <laughs> Countless times during yeah, that Yeah. And I still. Do not know the answer. If you, if you don't know School of Rock, that's a number that Laura sang. <laughs> Otherwise, you're very confused. Otherwise, they're like, what the hell are they Literally talking about? What are you talking about? Where did the rock go? Where did the rock go? Beautifully performed mm. in that. I just want to say, I had very, really good a chance to tell you this, but uh, every time I see you perform, I absolutely love it. I am a huge fan of yours. Um, 
uh, awkward to say as your friend, so I never tell you. Uh, but I tell everybody else about you. That's uh, it's I, true, he does. I, I do. I've played videos of you singing to people quite wow. often. Um, and if you've never heard Laura sing, then uh, find a reason to go and listen to her sing or watch her perform. Because or come to what, West End Live. <laughs> come to West well, End Live today. Watch, watch, a, video, watch a video of West End Live. weeks ago. Oh yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> when you're listening to this. But uh, yes, it's always uh, an unreal pleasure to watch you perform. And I know that you've got a wonderful job coming up in which people will be able to see you perform and they will hear about what that is. Perhaps by the time this launches, we'll see if it's announced by then. And uh, perhaps indeed. Uh, so thank you so much for coming thank and joining you. us Thank you. I Laura. really appreciate yes, it. Yes, thank you so much. That has been awesome. I love that. Yeah, and thank you at home for listening. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, remember, we release two episodes each week, so you get double trouble, double bubble of both of us. Yeah. You can find more information about who we are and how we can help you on Instagram at fit2 underscore talk. And if you've got any questions you want answered by us, as always, you know what to do. Slip slide into the DMs. I'm sat there. I'm watching you through a binocular. One single, one binocular. single binocular. Don't worry. Don't worry. It's not creepy. Yeah. I'm just there. <laughs> and if you like what you've heard, this has been Fit to Talk with our wonderful guest, Laura Debert. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> and your hosts, me, Stefan. And me, Bobby. And if you didn't like it, we've been Joe Wicks. Peace out. Peace out.